0: let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Picture the scene with me, if you will. Kojo has an old couch that needs to be recovered. He needs to get it out of the house, load it onto a truck, and carry it to the man who can recover it. Well, Kojo, being a man, thinks he can do it all by himself. So he lifts up the couch and pushes and struggles and strains, and he manages to get the couch into the doorway outside. But as he gets the couch into the doorway to take it outside, the couch gets stuck. He pushes and pulls, lifts and leans, grunts and groans, but he can't move it. It's stuck with half the couch outside and half the couch inside. So Kojo calls his friend, Fred, Fred, get over here and help me. And Fred, being friends with Kojo, comes over to help him. Fred looks at the situation and says, no problem, Kojo, we can move this couch. So Fred gets on the end of the couch that's outside the door, and Kojo mans the inside couch on that end, and they start to work. They lift and they lean, they grunt and they groan, they push and they pull, they make effort, and still the couch won't move. So they redouble their efforts. They give it all their muscle. They lift and they lean. They grunt and they groan. They push and they pull. And still it won't move. After 20 minutes of heavy labor, they're exhausted. Sweat is pouring off them. Their muscles are aching. And Kojo looks at Fred and says, oh my God, I don't think we will ever be able to move this couch out. And Fred Gets a very surprised look. His eyes get big and his mouth opens and he says, Out, out. I thought we were trying to move the couch in. A failure to communicate had left the two men struggling against one another. Have you ever failed? to communicate with someone, and it led to frustration and fatigue. Sometimes you can have the best intentions at working together. Sometimes you can be on the same team, but if you don't communicate properly, you will end up working against one another. Instead of making progress, you simply go back and forth. It can happen while moving furniture, and it can happen in relationships. In fact, failure to communicate is one of the most biggest problems in relationships. It leads to breakups. Even when two people want to communicate and want to work together, even when two people love each other and are friends, if they don't communicate well, then they will end up failing to reach their goal. And to make matters worse, most of the time, we think we've communicated when we haven't. Just like Kojo and Fred, we think the other person understands us and where we're headed, but they don't. That's why if we're honest today, we would have to admit that the lack of good communication is one of the biggest reasons our relationships need to be rescued. For the fact is, if you want to develop happy healthy relationships, you need to learn how to communicate. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at God's words to discover the truth of how we can communicate better and build better relationships. But before we go on, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you because you are the greatest communicator ever. You are even called the word of God. We thank you that you know how to communicate to our hearts so we come to you in humility today. And we say, Lord, rescue us from deep waters. Deliver us from relationship issues. Help us and teach us. Show us your truth today so that we can learn Communicate with others. We submit to you now. We bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to give us light and life and love and truth and the grace to obey. Speak to us in the way we can understand and transform us, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I want to invite you to join your faith with me right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Say, Lord, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart, change my life, manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome to Agape House. If you're joining us online today, we say a big welcome to you as well. I pray that the power and the presence of the Lord will be experienced right where you are. You picked a great week to be with us because we're in week three of our sermon series, Relationship Rescue. Everybody say, Relationship Rescue. And by God's grace, we're on a journey this month of love to discover God's truth that will help us build happy, hopeful, healthy relationships. We began in week one with the message, Back to the Basics. And we discovered the initial problems uh, the first couple had, and how it affects us. And why they needed to have their relationship rescued, even though they lived in paradise. Last week, we looked at the message, Back to You. And we discovered that if you want to rescue your relationship, you have to start with your heart. You've got to deal with the internal emotions that destroy relationships. And that brings us to this week, where our sermon is titled, Back and Forth. We're looking at the external barriers that cause a relationship to break down. Now if you happen to miss message one or two, I urge you to tighten your belt, tie your wrapper and run to the Resource Center after service. Get the CD, get the pen drive, get it for your friend, because these sermons are building on top of each other. and the We've already heard will help to put today's message in context today We're going to discover three requirements for building healthy relationships and to help us learn the truth for today We printed sermon notes. They look like this. You can get yours online for free Go ahead and take out your notes and follow along with me today as we discover how to build healthy Happy relationships there at the top of your notes and the screen ahead of you is our scripture text for today One simple verse found in Genesis James 1, 19. Here's what I want everybody to do. Guess what it is. I want us to all read it out loud together. Surprise. Are you ready? I want you to read it like you mean it. Read it with faith. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I I think this side did better than this side. So I want you guys to say it again. Let's all say it again. Are you ready? Come on, try to do better this time. Ready, go. You must all be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to get angry. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You know what amazes me about this simple verse? It's simple. Sometimes we think that complicated relationships need complicated answers. But here's the amazing truth. No relationship is complicated to God. He knows it all. He sees it all. And though we might need counseling, and though we need to make an effort, sometimes the answer lies right in front of us, and it's not that complicated. In this verse, there are 50 words. And if you practiced these 15 words every day of your life, it would revolutionize your life. It would unclutter your relationships and give you healthy, happy relationships. So let's break the verse down and discover the three things we need to learn today. And here's your first truth. Healthy relationships require good communication. Everybody say good communication. That's how our scripture text begins. Listen to what it says. You must all be quick to listen. In other words, if you want to build healthy, happy relationships, you must be eager to engage in communication. For the fact is, communication is a foundational pillar of all relationships. No relationship can survive a lack of communication. The healthier the communication, the healthier The relationship. And in order to have healthy relationships with good communication, James gives us the key. He says, listen first, speak second. Tell your neighbor, listen first, speak second. In other words, don't focus on your need in the relationship, focus on the connection. You cannot grow a healthy, happy relationship if your goal is focusing on yourself. We all like to talk, we all want to be heard, but if that's your focus, you won't succeed. You've got to focus on the relationship together. Now, that's a tough assignment for most of us because most of us go into relationships looking to have our own needs met. We like to talk, we want other people to listen to us, but we have to understand that communication is not just about talking, it's about connecting. That reminds me of the couple that was having marriage problems. And the wife got so frustrated, she dragged her husband to a marriage counselor at Agape house. When they got there, the wife was complaining, my husband has not spoken one single word to me in the last six months. And the marriage counselor said, really, sir, is it true you've not spoken one word to your wife in the last six months? And the husband said, yes. And the counselor said, but why? Why don't you talk to her? And the man said, I did not want to interrupt her. (laughs) Hey. So we've got to be able to communicate in order to have a relationship. The goal of communication should be connection, not just talking. And when both parties focus on connection, communication will succeed. When communication succeeds, the relationship succeeds. That's the principle we find in 1 John 1.7. It says, if we live in the light... As God does, we share in life with each other. When we live in the light, we live in openness, in honesty, in transparency. We communicate to one another clearly. When we do that, as God does, we connect with one another at the deepest levels. We share more than words. uh, We share life. And the fact is, communication is vital to share life. If you don't communicate, you're not sharing life. You're just sharing space. So let me ask every married couple in the house today, are you sharing life or are you just sharing space? The problem for most of us, especially the married couples, is that communication is complicated. We face challenges in communicating with one another in the home because the way men and women communicate is very, very different. For example, most women speak more than men. Uh, Most men are not as good at speaking as women. The women do better usually at communicating. And when a husband does not meet his wife's communication expectation, she gets disappointed. And when the wife is disappointed, the husband feels rejected. See, men and women are fundamentally different in how much they communicate and in how they communicate, and that often leads to tension. Now, this is not just my opinion. It's backed up by science. Sociologists have studied men and women, and they've discovered that the average woman speaks twice as many words in a day as the average man. Wow. Twice as many words. Tell the lady next to you he's talking about you. Once a husband and his wife were having a discussion about this study that was done, that women speak more than men. And the wife said, well, it's understandable that women speak more than men. I can believe that women speak twice as many words as a man. And that's obvious. It should be plain to everybody. The fact is women speak twice as many words as men because every woman knows you need to repeat yourself over and over again to a man. I mean, you can't just tell him, thank you, sister. God bless you and deliver you in Jesus' name. Amen. She said, you can't just tell him once. If you tell him once, he won't get it. So you've got to repeat it twice. That's why women speak twice as many words as men. There was a pause. And the husband said, what was that? So women speak more than men, but not only that, they tend to speak in different ways. They're usually better at expressing themselves. Now, this is not true of everybody. There are some women that are very quiet and some men that talk a lot. After all, I make my living by talking, so I better be good at it. Amen? My point here is not to criticize anyone. I'm not saying that men are better or women are better. I'm simply pointing out scientific facts. In fact, science has discovered that the two areas of the brain related to language are significantly bigger in women than in men. And it's proven that women express themselves better than men. A study was done at a playground at a primary school. They studied all the noises and sounds made by little girls and little boys. Here's what they found. 100% of the noises made by girls were words. You could understand every sound a girl made. It was a word. But 40% of the noises the boys made were not words. They were like things, ah, (laughs) So women talk more, and women express themselves better. But interestingly, I think there's one area that men are a little bit better at expressing themselves. Men tend to be a little bit more direct about how they feel. Men tend to communicate emotion better. If a man's angry, he says, I'm angry. If he's happy, he says, I'm happy. That's why men have a hard time understanding emotions that are not spoken. If you don't say it, men don't get it. Think about this, a man comes home from work and his wife is sitting in the parlor. Usually she talks a lot and greets him, but today she doesn't greet him, she doesn't say a word, she doesn't acknowledge him at all. And he walks in and says, hey, how's everything? She says, fine. <laughs> he starts to wonder if something's wrong because men don't get it if you don't say it. So he says, um, is everything okay? Did, did something bad happen? No. And the dude walks away thinking, great, no problem, everything's cool and copacetic. He doesn't get it because he doesn't think like a woman. So we cannot know why she feels the way she does and what she's thinking. So here's what you need to remember in all your relationships. The way someone else behaves makes sense to him or her. The way someone else speaks makes sense to him. Have you ever said, I don't understand why she did that. I don't understand why he said that. The fact is, you don't understand because you need to learn. What other people does makes sense to them. And you have to make an effort to communicate. You may think it will come naturally simply because you love each other. But communication doesn't come automatically. You have to work at it. No amount of love will make up for the fact that you have to learn to understand one another. That's why Ephesians 4.15 says, speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ. Somebody say growing. Growing. So here's what the Bible's saying. When you're communicating, when you're speaking, you have to grow until you become just like Jesus. You have to grow in your communication. You won't solve the problem by ignoring it. You won't solve the problem by arguing about it. You have to make the effort and grow to become just like Jesus in your communication. And when you become just like Jesus in your communication, it goes on to tell us in verse 25, for we are all parts of the same body. So when you grow in your ability to communicate and you become more like Jesus in your ability to communicate, you get connected as one. For communication leads to connection. And then it goes on in verse 29 and says, let everything you say be good and helpful. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Good words, helpful words, encouraging words, build healthy relationships. In fact, you have the power through your communication to bring life or death to others. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You can bring life to your marriage today. You can bring life to your family today. You can bring life to your friendships. you can bring life to your compound. You can bring life to every relationship when you speak life-giving words. But the opposite is also true. You can de- tear down and destroy. For Proverbs eleven nine says, "With their words, the godless destroy their friends." And Proverbs eighteen six says, "Fools' words get them into constant quarrels." So here's the truth: you need to pack up and take home with you. Not all words carry equal weight. Harsh words linger longer than kind words. You cannot build a relationship with words alone, but you can destroy a relationship with words alone. And not only that, but consider this morning that the closer your connection in relationship, the more carefully you must communicate. Your most connected relationships require the most care in communication. That's the principle we learned from Ephesians 6.4. Fathers. Do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Here's what God's saying. In the closest relationship, father and son, father and daughter, be careful. Don't provoke them because your words carry weight. The fact is the words of a boss are 50 kilos. The words of a teacher are 80 kilos. The words of a mother are 200 kilos. But the words of a father weigh 500 kilos. So to all the dads in the house this weekend, harsh words won't make your child better. Harsh words will make your child bitter. Your children look up to you. You're like God to them when they're little. And every mocking word, every word of ridicule tears down their self-esteem and binds them for a disastrous future. Don't speak wrong words to your child because your words carry Wait. In fact, in all areas, in all our relationships, be careful, understand how it means and what it feels for you to communicate. And that brings us to our second truth, good communication requires understanding. Everybody say understanding. So first of all, healthy relationships require good communication, and good communication requires understanding. Turn your notes over to page two and listen to how our text continues. You must all be slow to speak. So first, be quick to listen, and second, be slow to speak. That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Your first priority in a relationship is to understand not to be understood. Here's why we need this. Everyone has a unique communication personality. Psalm 139.14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. We all know that God has created each one of us unique. Every human being has a unique fingerprint, a unique eye print, a unique vocal pattern. But it's not just in the natural physical realm. We're all unique in our personality, in our temperament, in our talents, in our understanding. And believe it or not, we're also all unique in our communication personality. Everyone has their own communication language that affects not just how they speak, but how they understand. Let's take a look at some common factors that affect your communication personality. First of all, there's culture and nationality. I was born in the U.S., but now, by God's grace, I'm a Ghanaian, and I understand culture and nationality affect communication personality. For example, the way we put dates, 06-09-2023 in Ghana, what is that? September 6th. Nobody's so, But in the U.S., 6 09, 2023 is June 9th. God bless the Americans, they're confused. They put the month and then the day. We don't know why, but God bless them. So the same numbers have different meanings. The same thing happens with words. In Ghana, the first floor of a building is the floor immediately above the one at ground level. But to an American, the first floor of a building is the one at ground level. So when an American and a Ghanaian are together, and the Ghanaian says, let's go to the first floor, he starts climbing the steps, and the American's standing there going, what happened to Kofi? Culture and nationality affect your communication personality. It's not good or bad, it's just the way it is. Not only that, your temperament affects your communication personality. If you're a sanguine and you're always excited and happy, you use big words and you talk a lot and lots of emotion. Or you may be a person who uses very exact words. My son Kofi is like that. When you give him, ask him a question, he will give you a 500-page written document. Hey. Sophie, what color is that? Well, it's marine, but I call it aquamarine because the shades of green dominate over the hints of yellow, but there's an unusual texture of pink underneath. I'm like, dude, it looks like blue to me. So, your communication personality is impacted by your temperament. We all have a communication personality, and it affects how you speak and how you understand, and that affects your relationships. Let me give you an example with me and my wife. Can I do that? I'm a big word person. Everybody say he's a big word person. I mean, I use the words awesome and amazing. I use big words. If something's good, it's awesome. If something's not so good, it's a disaster. If I go to KFC after church, and I go through the drive-thru, and there's no one in the queue ahead of me, it's awesome. If I go through KFC drive-thru after church, and there's one lady ahead of me, and she can't decide between nuggets and strips, I'm like, this is a disaster. Lady, take the nuggets. That's why you guys need to shout more when I'm preaching. The more you shout, the better I preach. Somebody shout awesome. My wife has a different communication personality. She's a lovely lady, I love her dearly. We've been married 40 years. Give us a round of applause. But my wife doesn't use big words she used simple and exact words you know to her everything is very simple the only thing that would make her say awesome would be the second coming of our lord jesus christ then she'd say awesome So when I'm using my big words, she thinks he's exaggerating. And when she uses her small words, exact words, I misunderstand her. If I tell her I went to KFC after church and I went through the drive-through and there was no one in the queue ahead of me, it was awesome, she looks at me like this. And she says, babe, there ain't nothing awesome about KFC. KFC. I mean, imagine, though, when I go home on Sunday and I'm all excited. Wow, I preached today. It was good. People laughed. People clap. It was awesome. I go home and say, hey, babe, how was the sermon? She goes, it was fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. What did I do wrong? What, what, what do you mean fine? F- fine means I failed. I thought it was awesome. Oh, God, my sermon was fine. Oh, Jesus saved me. So you can see how... Different communication personalities can create conflict. Not that me and my wife ever have any conflict. No, 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 no. But it can happen. Amen. Culture affects your communication personality, temperament, Affects your communication personality. And family differences affect your communication personality. You know, some families, they never raise their voice. They always talk to each other in a calm voice. And other families, every discussion is like an argument. Nuclear holocaust. You're from that family. I release you in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So think about the wife who was raised in a home where her father called her every day just to check on her. Dear, it's your daddy. How are you? I love you. Do you need anything? Are you okay? But the man was raised in a family where the mother called him every hour to nag him and berate him. Hello, son. It's your mother. The one who gave you birth through great pain. Where are you? An Uber... Why are you in an Uber? You don't own your own car. Hey! I'm worried about you. You haven't called me since you woke up this morning. I don't know what's happening. Oh, if you don't succeed in life, I will ask myself, why did I give birth? So the husband who gets nagged every hour by his mom on the phone marries the woman who gets a loving call from her dad every day to tell him he loves her. And the wife starts out the marriage thinking, I'm going to call my husband every day to tell him I love him and encourage him. And the husband thinks, oh my God, I married my mother. And ladies, the last thing you want is for your husband to think he married his mother. It doesn't work, amen? So good communication requires understanding. And that means you have to consider that what you say may not be what the other person hears. That's why you must be slow to speak because you're not speaking to be heard, you're speaking to be understood. It's what I call the, I said this, you heard that factor. Everybody say, I Said this, you heard that. What is the I said this, you heard that vector? It's when you say something and the person on the other end understands something completely different. Let me give you some examples of the way one person can say something and someone else can hear something different. The father says, when I was your age, I could solve that problem. The father is trying to challenge his son, but the son hears, what is wrong with you? You're stupid. I said this. You heard that. The mother calls her daughter and says, My dear, why aren't you married? The mother's trying to show concern, but what the daughter hears is, What is wrong with you? You are unlovable. I said this. You heard that. The wife says, When are you going to fix the problem? The husband hears, you're a failure. You never do what I want. I'm disappointed in you. And the man thinks, I can never do enough. I said this. You heard that. The boyfriend says, I love you. And the girlfriend says, let's get married. (laughs) Ladies, you know what the guy means when he says, I love you? He means, hey, I'm having a good time hanging out with you today. Meanwhile, the girlfriend is trying on the wedding dress. That's why some of you guys have four fiancés. Go check yourself. On the other side, when the girlfriend says, I love you, the boyfriend hears, let's have sex. The dude in the fourth row, calm down. (laughs) Security. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, I said this, you heard that. And if you think about it, you'll realize that all of us have a, I said this, you heard that situation in life. In fact, maybe right now, one of the conflicts in your relationship is, I said this, you heard that. And you may think the only way to solve the conflict is to get away from the person, or the other person must understand you and hear what you're saying. But there's another option. Grow in your understanding. Learn to listen, for conflicts can be resolved, and relationships can be healed when we discover good communication from understanding. That's why Proverbs 15:23 says, Giving the right answer at the right time makes everyone happy. See, if you'll make the effort to learn the other person's communication personality, you'll learn how to speak better and how to listen better. That's why the Bible says, be quick to listen so you can understand the other person. Be slow to speak so you can be understood. You won't solve the communication problem by ignoring it. You have to make an effort. You have to understand. That's why Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, Someone's thoughts may be as deep as Atlantic Ocean, but if you are smart, you will discover them. And even when two people deeply love each other, there may be miscommunication that leads to conflict. Even best friends can say something to each other and be misunderstood. And the problem is not the conflict, it's that we need to resolve the conflict. That's why God says in Ephesians 4, when you are angry, do not sin. Conflict will come, but don't let it lead to sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a chance. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Understanding turns conflict into conversation understanding being quick to listen and slow to speak builds communication that builds a healthy relationship the right understanding gives the right words at the right time and everybody is happy for proverbs 15:1 says a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger in other words when you communicate with understanding you learn to love one another and that's our third truth today understanding requires love everybody say love So first of all, healthy relationships require good communication. Secondly, good communication requires understanding. And third, understanding requires... Love. That's how our scripture text ends. He says, you must all be slow to get angry. Don't let your emotions dominate your conversation. Let love dominate your conversation. Because there will always be times in every relationship when there will be misunderstanding and miscommunication because of different communication personalities. But don't let anger rise up. Let love rise up. If you will follow the path of love, you'll let understanding turn conflict into conflict conversation. You won't allow anger to destroy the relationship. You will seek to communicate just like Jesus. That's what the Bible says in Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves. Seek to understand, not just to be understood not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. For when you do, you'll be connected. In other words, communicate like Jesus. In your relationships, be like Jesus. Seek first to hear not to be heard. Seek first to understand, not to be understood. Value others more than yourself and put their interests first. When you do, you'll build healthy, happy relationships that are united and strong. That's what Ephesians 4 tells us, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's the powerful lesson we can learn from the true story of two American women named Cassie Miller and Bryn Johnson. Cassie and Brynn had been best friends for as long as they could remember. They couldn't even remember how they met. It's just like they grew up together. They were friends as single women. They got married, and they were friends as married women with their own children and families. They were inseparable. But something would happen that would test the depths of their love for one another. Little did they know that their relationship would face one of the most complicated tests imaginable. On the morning of September 16, 2014, Cassie drove the short distance from her house to Bryn's home. Cassie was collecting Bryn's son, Wyatt, to take him and drop him at school. When Cassie pulled up her car, Bryn's little one-year-old daughter, Rowan, came running out to greet her. Rowan and Cassie had a special relationship, and Cassie embraced her, gave her a little tweak on the chin. And then Bryn came out and Wyatt came out and they started talking Wyatt got in the car and Bryn and Cassie said their final goodbyes At 8:18 8, a.m. Cassie jumped back into her car put the car in gear and moved forward But as she did she felt a bump She looked at Bryn and they both froze The bump was Cassie's car running over one-year-old Rowan Somehow, in the last minute, as they were talking and saying goodbye, Rowan had crawled under the car tire, lying on the ground. When Cassie started to drive, she didn't see the little girl on the ground in front of her, and her car ran over Rowan. Cassie had just killed her best friend's daughter, the two friends tried frantically to save Rowan's life. They called an ambulance, they gave medical attention, but it was too late. Rowan was dead, and it almost meant the death of their friendship, too. It could have led to anger, and bitterness, and accusations, even lawsuits. But God did something remarkable in that moment. As Cassie and Bryn wept together, their connection deepened through communication. Brynn realized that Cassie must be feeling a terrible guilt, and so she began to speak to her, it's not your fault. You didn't know she was there. I didn't see her either. None of us saw her. It's not your fault. Cassie felt unbearable guilt. I killed my best friend's daughter. I want to die. I want to die. But Cassie and Brynn made a decision that they would not let tragedy steal their relationship. We can get through this if we get through this together. And so instead of separating, they communicated. Instead of blaming, they forgave. They refused to let tragedy steal their relationship. They faced the horrible accident with communication, understanding, and love. And if God could bring Cassie and Brynn through such a tragedy and heal their relationship, there is no relationship in your life that God cannot rescue. He can take you through whatever you've been through and bring you the other side. In the end, any relationship can heal. Any relationship can be restored. Any relationship can be rescued when you let God lead the way and his love fill your heart. For no matter how difficult. Amen. No matter how broken a relationship is, love is always greater. That's why 1 Corinthians 13 says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know the problem in your relationship, but I know this. God is greater, and love is greater, and God will never fail you, and love will never fail you if you come and bring your relationship to God. Make him the center and then start to learn. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to get angry. You will be on the path to happy, healthy relationships. You will be restored. It may not happen overnight, but God will do it. He'll bring you through. He'll help you connect. He'll help you communicate. God will rescue your relationship when you turn to him. So let's do that right now. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We are all broken people. Lord, we come into relationships wanting to be heard, wanting our needs met. But today I pray you'll teach us, communicate to us. Show us, Lord, how to be like you in every way in our lives. Show us how to be like you in our communication. Touch our hearts today. Give us understanding so that we can communicate better. Help us to seek not to be heard, but to hear. Not to be understood, but to understand. Let us focus on the connection, Lord. And most of all, let your love fill our hearts. Wash away the pain. Heal the hurt. Fill us with your love. Help us not to go back and forth, but to go closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.